The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. Well, I don't know. I think it's information and entertainment Yeah, better as well. Be. I mean, if you can't hold people's you know attention by being entertaining then what have you done you've created uh, some of the other medical radio shows that we've heard I remember the first time we started doing this she said forget npr <laughs> <laughs> you listen to them this is npr with heart health radio you know what i'd love Dr. to do Franklin is play Eiffel. jazz music in between all the stories yeah we could have that background nice. music that'd be yeah. all right yeah all right we got uh, a lot of things going on but we'd love your phone calls 919-860-9783 i'm dave alexander he is dr franklin Weefold. we're going to talk about the fauci effect i'm not sure that that's a good thing but we'll talk about the fauci effect also hypnosis We've never discussed that on this show before. You are getting sleepy. I met with a hypnotist, and he told me, well, in fact, after I met with him, I feel compelled to bring up hypnosis on today's show. (laughs) 32 countries have the UK COVID variant. What does that mean? And Dr. Franklin Weefold knows exactly why we haven't licked this yet. And and I don't think we can until the vaccine. And I've got a particular story. And I, I got together with my staff on New Year's. We were open half a day on New Year's Day. Yeah, that's good. New Year's Eve. And I said, don't go to parties, okay? Because, you know, the young people are asymptomatic, uh, and they'll give it to you, and you'll be asymptomatic, and you'll yeah. come back to my practice, and you'll give it to my patients. And they're good people. I mean, I have really a really good staff. They yeah. mean well. Uh, some of them are very young, uh-huh. and uh, today. Um, oh no! Actually, no. Yesterday was the. For, I, you know, I get lost with these holidays, yeah. but yesterday, it came to my attention um, that two of them had gone to a party oh. with like thirty-five people. Oh no! And they posted pictures on Facebook and Instagram of everybody crowded together, giving each other. You know, cheek kisses no. and dancing and all this other stuff. And, you know, I sort of hit the roof. And um, they will not be coming to the practice uh, for at least seven days yeah. testing negative. And, you know, I, I told them, don't go see your mom and dad. Don't go see your grandparents. Yeah. And uh, statistically, out of that group, at least one, maybe two is positive for COVID. That's the way it is. You're talking and this about this is the, how it is going to continue to spread. I'm sorry. You're talking about the group at the party. Right, right. And the the young people have an urge in this country to socialize. And there is an urge for girls and boys, birds and bees, to right. get together. Right. And so this whole political campaign was that Trump was responsible for 300,000 deaths. 
Right. Now, I'm not saying that these young people are directly responsible, but they've got to wise up and be responsible, become responsible. Right. And and realize that they're going to have to give up their, um, you know, routine partying and getting together because they're going to get it. Yeah. And they're going to be asymptomatic and they're going to come to my office and give it to my patients, going to go home and give it to their mom and dad. But you've said, and I think this makes a lot of sense, they're not coming in. Right. Until you're convinced right. they're not going to pass it along. Number one, I can't afford it. Uh, it. You know, my practice to be a source, you know, what is a super spreader event. Yeah, you don't want but that. But most importantly, my patients are at risk. Right. They're elderly, diabetic, heart disease, high blood pressure, although my diabetics and high blood pressure people are controlled. Um, you're but good. The point I'm trying to make is that we are all have a civic responsibility, um, a moral responsibility to do all those things that we can to minimize the spread. Um, I've seen people at Harris Teeter not wearing masks. Right. I mean, it just ticks me off. And I'm not saying that masks are 100% foolproof. Yeah. But if it reduces the risk even 30%, right. Then we've done something, and that's what we've got to do. Well, you know, that is that does boil down to the thing. You and I can't control how how transmissible the virus is. Right. But we can control what we do. Right. That's all we can. And we have a, a social, civic, and moral responsibility. I go to, to a play conven- our part. I go to a convenience store. Yeah. Where they're not, the clerks are not wearing masks. Oh, I'm not. No. I walk out. Okay. I'm telling they're on the other side of plexiglass. Okay. But everything I buy, they touch. Right. Because they spin it around to get to the uh, UPC signal. Well, it's interesting. Um, a really great store that I went to is Vineyard Vines. I buy all this preppy stuff. I'm wearing my yeah. Vineyard Vines now. They don't touch. They wheel, no, they yeah. wheel around the thing. They right. tell you not to touch it. You stick it in. And they also say, you know, you you can have a debit card that's used as a credit card. You just yes. you hit the cancel sign when they ask for your um, code, and that turns it into a Visa card or a Mastercard. Yeah. So you don't have to touch it. Oh, I don't even touch the machine. Yeah. I take my card out. I wave it in front. Yeah. I don't want to. I mean, honestly, let's be honest here. When you walk in there. And you, they've done everything right. You slide your card in there, and then you've got to push cancel or yeah. approve. So you can just tap your card on there? Yes, but but here's the thing. I know you can do that with Apple Pay. Yeah, I do that with my card. I've, I've done Apple I Pay I get once. sodas at machines and never touch anything except the the product button. And then well, I hit that with that my with elbow. elbow. I do. But, you know, the whole point is, um, yes, I believe in individual liberty and freedom. Yep. But you don't have the right. You have the right to bear arms. You have the right to assembly. But you don't have the right to hurt somebody. Right. I mean, that's the thing you have to understand. And if you don't think you can be quarantined, you better think again. And, and look up Google um, Typhoid Mary. They put her away. And, they did, yeah. You know, if, if, if you don't think that you have a, a moral and legal responsibility not to hurt somebody— 
And most of the time, you're not going to know you're hurting somebody. Right. And I'm just as much a believer in civil rights and our rights under the Constitution. But think about it also. If you love this country, we're not going to be back on our feet economically. We're not going to have people back at work until we beat this virus. And right now, we're losing. We're losing badly. Let's talk about the Fauci effect. It has been announced that UNC medical schools— and, and well, you Duke and Duke. UNC medical yeah. schools are seeing an increase um, in the number of people who are applying. A massive increase. You know, it's weird. I, my my buddy from Johns Hopkins is yeah. in the faculty that went to school with me. They're swamped with applications now. Do you remember the movie One Hundred and One Dalmatians? Yes. yes. You know yes. what happened after 101 Dalmatians? You so. couldn't find a Dalmatian, could right. you? And then do you know what happened about four months later? No, I don't know. The don't shelters got swamped with unwanted Dalmatians. So, you know, be careful of what you wish for. And this is the problem with medical school and people wanting to be Dr. Fauci. What do they see in Dr. Fauci? A nice 80-year-old gentleman from Brooklyn, yeah. you know, everybody's uncle, on TV, being famous. Yes. Do they see 3 o'clock in the morning with somebody sick, yeah. puking on your shoes, and no. you're responsible? I don't think so. And do they see that you give up family life, that you give up personal life? No. Nope. They, they see Fauci on TV. Now, what's going to happen? I think we're going to have the highest dropout rate. Uh, yeah. Two years from now than you've ever seen before. And then the other thing is, I hate to say it, people, you're not going to get into a dermatology residency. That's the number one sought out thing now. Really? Because this generation, Gen Zs and millennials, they don't want to be cardiac surgeons. They don't want to be neurosurgeons. They don't want to be cardiologists. We have a shortage of cardiologists. Really? Because they want the easy life. Now, I, there are obviously a bunch of dedicated people who are doing neurosurgery and and they're doing pediatric neonatal intensive care. They're doing the hero jobs. Yeah. But they're few and far between compared to those who want to be Fauci-like on TV and being, you know, uh, raconteurs and not the real doctor um, things you got to do. Hey, listen, if you want to be a doctor, yeah. watch the best TV show about doctors ever. What's that? And it's called St. Elsewhere, and it came yes. out in the 80s. Yes. Dun, 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 I know it. I know it. I was in medical school and residency when that came out, <laughs> and I wanted to be a hero. So if you are thinking about the Fauci effect and you want to be a doctor, yes. Watch. You do it on Hulu. It's all, all the episodes are on Hulu. I think there are some on YouTube. Right. Watch it and see if you really want to do this. I like that show. Yeah, it was great. They had a doctor on that show who, as it turned out, wasn't very good. Right. And that David he, Morse was the, the actor's right, name. But, right. But, you know, in the beginning, he was really smart. In the first episode, <laughs> there was a code. And he walked in, you know, like it. Clint Eastwood and... Did the code, got the guy back. It wasn't until the second season they decided they have to have a goofball, okay? <laughs> and his wife, if you remember, called him Boomer. Remember yeah. that? And what yeah. happened to his wife? I don't know. She died. And what oh. happened to her heart? It was the first heart transplant at St. Allegis. And there was a great scene 
where after the heart transplant and his wife had died, Boomer walks in to the heart transplant uh, patient's room, takes out his stethoscope, yeah, and listens to her heartbeat. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a great show. It is a terrific Watch show. It. All right. Listen to the telephone number here, 919-860-9783. If we get talking about Marcus Welby... You gotta cut us off. No, I love Marcus. Oh, well, you, 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 we could do the whole show on just TV doctors. But see, that's the whole point: is that you know this show connects yeah, everything. It does, and those were great shows. They were great shows. Call us up nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Oh, remember the surgeon? Yeah, I think he was a cardiac surgeon uh, too. Don, yeah, he would walk in the beginning. He'd walk with this swagger. Yes, down the hallway. Yeah, he yeah. was a hero. And then Ed Begley Jr. played his assistant, who was like a resident, and he beat the, the old guy just insulted this kid yeah. forever. It was yeah. a good show. 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. We are going to talk about people jumping the vaccine line on Heart Health Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Dr. Franklin Weefald, some people are ending up jumping the line and getting their vaccine early. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's to be expected that you're going to have this because the people who are in charge are local. Right. What they're claiming is that they thaw too many vaccine bottles and then they run out of people to give them. Yeah. And so they said, hey, come on down, mom, dad, sister, brother. That, if that's the case, they should have a list of vulnerable elderly or diabetics, a list of people to right. bring them in. Okay. How about this? This is a nutty thing. Yeah. I'm the non-doctor here. Yeah. They were in a hospital and they had extra shots. Right. They were in a building full of sick people. Right. Could they have not found non-COVID non-COVID people, people and given, and given them, them a, shot? a shot? That's what I'm trying to say. Have that list, you know? Okay, uh, Jimmy uh, Williams is on three B floor, and he's right. just had surgery, and he's a diabetic and he's hypertensive. Right. Let's give him the shot. And they're not doing that, and they're making excuses. Now, I, I'm I'm waiting for the first report of a hijacked truck delivering it okay yeah and then you know you hear uh luigi i got a vaccine <laughs> you give me a thousand dollars you know <laughs> and it's gonna happen our apologize and, apologies to anyone named luigi uh, luigi yeah. yeah i mean i i love the godfather movies but can you imagine sure. don vito yeah having access to five thousand vaccine bottles is it or is it not worth its weight in gold. I think so. So now we have two, Moderna and then we have the Pfizer. Mm-hmm. And the AstraZeneca is already approved in the UK. And yeah. I think if we can get the FDA, it's going to be a close vote, you know, because I think there's going to be a lot of people who are upset about the initial dosing. We talked about this last week. The AstraZeneca vaccine worked. Okay. Yeah. 95% effective, just like the Moderna. It doesn't require cold temp that's cold a temperature right well here's the problem the 95 percenters they got 
the wrong dose in the beginning. They got half of their proposed dose by mistake. The ones who got the full dose first and the full dose second, as opposed to the mistaken half dose and the full dose second, the the true ones, the they were only 60%. Yeah. So there was no damage. There was no side effect. I think they had approved the AstraZeneca half dose first, full dose second. And yeah. if I'm lined up, to get the AstraZeneca, I'm yeah. going to tell them, give me the half dose. I'll sign all the papers to do it, you know, resolving them of anything. Yeah. But we got to get it out. And once we have three vaccines out, once we can get it going, you won't see these shenanigans. Now, somebody let a bunch of this thaw out. Well, he did and it was purpose, a, too. Apparently deliberate. Yeah, why would he? I don't understand. This was an uh, employee of a Wisconsin hospital, Aurora Medical Center in Grafton. And they arrested this guy, and he took out 57 vials and put them overnight at room temperature. And then he let them get the vaccine, thinking that these patients were actually getting the correct vaccine. And it doesn't really say why he did it. Um, I don't know. Maybe he was just being a jerk. I mean, can you think of why somebody would do this no, rationally? I can't. He's just mean. Uh, Shame. Robert Fitzgerald Kennedy Jr., yeah. RFK Jr., the RFK. son of the former attorney general. And, you know, very famous guy. You, you ever uh, River Watch? You heard of that? Yeah. So the Hudson River was a cesspool. And, you know, he got, from his name, he got a lot of good things done. And there are now humpback whales. Off mm-hmm. the coast of New York City, which never happened for mm-hmm. 200 years. Well, somehow he became an anti-vaxxer and believes this stuff about, you know, the vaccines cause uh, autism. Right. And he uses his pulpit to scream and yell. And so he's taken up the cause of the anti-COVID uh, vaccine people right. and is claiming it was rushed that it causes terrible side effects, that it will kill you. Well, here's the thing. There is Carrie Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And Carrie Kennedy, her last name now is Meltzer. But, you know, notice they all call oh, themselves yeah. oh, sure. Carrie Kennedy Meltzer. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. okay. I think that's fine. You can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. But she wrote an article in um, a, a big journal. Um, it's blanking there it is now, what journal it was. But she said... Two things. I love my uncle. And I think she does. I mean, the Kennedy family, they love each other. They're, they're uh, a together right. um, group of, of people. Um, yep. But then she had the, the courage. Remember, John F. Kennedy wrote Profiles in Courage. Well, he right. would include Kerry Kennedy, Meltzer, and Profiles. Can you imagine standing up to, you know, and uh, the leaders of your clan? Right. And she said, I love my uncle, but he is wrong. And she went through a really good um, explanation of why we should all get the vaccine, that it's safe and effective. It will um, uh, prevent those individuals from getting COVID. But it'll also, as more and more of us get it, it'll protect the elderly and it'll protect the unfirm. And I just want to read the last thing she said in her article. And it says, please get your vaccine for yourself, your family, your friends, and your country. And, you know, 
What did what did JFK say in his first inaugural? Ask not what your country can do for you. Right. Ask what you can do for your country. Mm-hmm. And she had the nerve, the courage to stand up to the patriarch, the new patriarch of the family, because, you know, he's the senior guy. Yeah. But also say that she loves him. Now, when I criticize Fauci, does this mean that I don't think he's a great man? No, and I said this before. He's a great man, and I appreciate what he's done. But you need to have the courage to stand up and say when someone you love or respect is wrong. And I, I just can't believe uh, how great she is to do this. And, and I, I'm just, it's one of the great things that's happened this week. We're going to play a piece of music and it's a happy piece of music, but it's not. We're not presenting it for a happy purpose. In fact, it's, it's very sad news. Just sit right back, and you'll hear a tale—a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this. Okay, obviously, you know the Gilligan's Island theme. You may already have guessed that we're going to talk about Dawn Wells, who was 82, and she died of COVID. Yeah, and Marianne was my favorite. Um, so Dawn Wells was a great actress that people don't realize that she was Miss Nevada and yeah. she was one of the runners up to be Miss America. And yet they cast her as the girl next door and she was a beautiful girl next oh, door sure. and she yeah. played her part. I mean, I love that show. I mean, it was escapism, uh, would they criticize and say, this is not Shakespeare. Why is it on TV? Well, you know, we didn't want Shakespeare. We wanted Don Wells to be a sweet, nice, happy person to make us, after the end of our day, uh, feel better. And she got COVID. And, and I don't know, it, it, the articles haven't said how she got it. But this is why I brought up what I brought up in the beginning. Um, the young people in this country have a moral obligation to stop partying and to stop, you know, spreading it asymptomatically to our elders and right. our uh, at-risk populations. And I, I'm going to miss her. Um, she had some health problems earlier, and um, she had to have a GoFundMe page to make up uh, large numbers of medical bills. And you know what? People stepped up, sure. and they, she got what she needed. And now uh, it's sad because we're losing a lot of people and we're losing a lot of people in her demographic group. And I think we talked about her before when she had her other health problems. Right. And I was surprised. Yeah. Gosh, she was 82 years old. Yeah, because you always think of her. Right. Like, you know, my brother died at age 31 in a car wreck. And, you know, you think of him and he's gone, but you, you just can't imagine, you know, is, he, is do you age in heaven? I, I, don't I don't know. know. We'll find out. Yeah. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio with Dr. Franklin Weefald. I'm Dave Alexander. We've got Rose Hoban on the line. Rose, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on. And talk to us, Rose, about the uh, the schedule now has been revised for who's first for the COVID vaccine, right? Uh, it, it has somewhat, yes. I mean, it's still healthcare workers. I mean, obviously, they're the they're still the number one people who are getting it. But there's been some changes in uh, who gets it next, um, and so we're going to be seeing. 
folks in uh, uh, who are 75 and older, um, not just in skilled nursing facilities, but um, you know, sort of anyone um, able to, uh, even if they don't have a chronic health condition. So, um, and then group two is the frontline workers who are a little younger, right? right. So, um, uh, so there's they're they're, they're bumping up. The, the older folks, just because that has been, they have been the ones who really suffered most during this time. So the the who, who's who's in North Carolina is creating all these schedules. Who's who's in charge of this? Well, it's it's the Department of Health and Human Services, and they're working with ACIP, which is a CDC. Um, Advisory Council on Immunization Practices. Okay. So they're working with the um, uh, the federal authorities okay. in in, a, in making these adjustments. And they're not letting politics get in the way. I mean, I don't know if you saw some of these people who were advocating that older people not get it because they're more white than other people. I mean, that just just freaked no, me out. No, no, it, it's just it's it's really only about age. Now there was some complaint that healthy older people, so like someone who's maybe like in his in his or her sixties who's healthy, there there is some um, there the idea is to vaccinate some of the college students first, like and that's like in group three. Right. Um, and that's because so many of these kids it's spreading around in on college campuses and then they bring it home to their family. Yeah. I see so what you're saying. They're kind of super spreaders yeah. and they tend to spread it asymptomatically. They're, they, like, you know, this is, but this is a couple months down the yeah, line sure. yet, right? They'll try and get some of these folks who live congregately before they get some of the younger old, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, like, yeah. I'm perilously close to that younger old. <laughs> I oh, got you're, t- you're talking to a couple of guys who are in the older. Yeah. I think I thought it was going to be seventy-five years old, not in the sixties. But well, know. this is no. This is for there's a group one in phase one B, right? So after you get like these healthcare workers who are on the frontline, frontlines, those will be seventy-five and yeah. older. Okay. And then group two is healthcare and frontline essential workers who are at least fifty. And then group. Three is frontline workers, healthcare workers of any age, and then we get into phase two, which is the sixty, the sixty-five and older, you know, who depend, you know, even if you don't have any high blood pressure or diabetes or any of that stuff. Well, and Rose, then, Rose, I've got to move on, but I heard you had a good fundraising season. Uh, I want people to go to NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org. Full words there, not initials, NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org, and read about this and all all things across the state, including uh, if you're a renter, you may have just gotten a, a one-month reprieve on your on your rent, an extension, uh, and the full article is there. Thank you, Rose. Thank you, fellas. Happy New Year. You Happy too. New Year. You too. Joe in Goldsboro, thank you for patiently waiting. You're a good guy. What can we do for you? I've got a question yeah. uh, uh, about COVID and flu 
symptoms when uh, someone or when a family member comes home and they start to display any of the symptoms, uh, how do we treat them at home and protect ourselves? Uh, it doesn't seem like there's enough information out there for uh, the rest of the household. Uh, we always talk about going other places and wearing a mask, but I think the major spread is at home. People get it somewhere else and come home. You're absolutely so how right. How do we isolate them? And what do we need to do to protect ourselves and care for them? I think that's this the perfect question today. I don't know if you listened to the show earlier, but I had a spiel about young people getting together and then, you know, not caring and not practicing the things we're supposed to practice. Let me tell you what some people are doing. I'm not sure it's going to work, but before the kids come home, they get tested. They get a PCR test. Now, it takes two days to come back in most situations. And so there is a small window where they can get infected after they've been tested. So, But I still think that's one way. The second way is for at least four days or five days, stay away from them. Um, and by that, I don't mean shun them or put them in the basement, but keep, you know, a little bit of distance, uh, no hugging, uh, no, you know, cheek kissing, um, and do the best you can. It's hard not to have meals, but I think after, you know, four or five days, if everything seems to be pretty stable, and especially if they've had a COVID um, PCR test, I think you could start to do a little more. There's no right answer here. Um, I'm recommending uh, people who are at risk not to have their children come home. And I mean their young adults come home from college. Right. It sounds harsh, but I think it's only one. It's probably the, the one way we can do it. Uh, you know, and I disagreed when they sent all these college kids home. I mean, I thought that was the stupidest thing ever. You know, that it was spreading in the college. So what did the college do? Yeah. They sent them home to spread it at home. And. Yeah, there's no right answer. I think, you know, there's love and affection that keeps a family going and is part of the critical nature of family. But then there's protection of the elderly and the elderly and infirm. So if anybody in your house has diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, is above the age of 75, I'm going to recommend you don't let the kids home. Um, if, you know, you have people in their 60s and 50s, Keep your distance. Uh, if possible, get the kids to have a PCR COVID test before they come home, preferably, you know, two or three days before they come home. And, and then, you know, I think you're going to be as safe as you can possibly be. It's a trade-off. I mean, it is. And uh, when I went to visit my kids in November and just recently I got a test, and I was negative, and we did not do the lovey-dovey things that we did. Right. And we were all okay. Joe, thanks a lot. I hope that helps. Tom in Smithfield. Tom, welcome to Heart Health Radio with Dr. Franklin Weefald. Hey, good afternoon. I want to change the topic just a second. They need a heart Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, I smoked for years, and for the past eight years, I've been vaping. Now, every year I go to my doctor, my lungs are clear great no sign of anything great now i know it's not been approved by the fda but there's a, there's a lot of products out here that's given to patients that's not approved by the fda number one number two the tobacco companies are doing all they can to get rid of the e-liquid because people quitting smoking and they're losing money right now the only thing 
um, that I see in the e-liquid, uh, of course, they add different flavors, but it's the nicotine. And the reading I've done on nicotine, nicotine doesn't hurt your body. It makes your blood pressure rise and a couple more things. But I just want your take on the e-liquid. And like I said, the FDA's not approved it, but you see things all the time not approved by the FDA that people take every day. Yeah, and I, I'm going to tell you right now, I agree with you. We've, we've talked about this on the show before. I might get in trouble with the powers that be. Because, again, this is not an approved treatment. But I'm going to say it's my opinion that vaping is 10 times better than uh, smoking. And you're absolutely right. It's the nicotine that we crave, although some people like me uh, really like the warm smoke that envelops my lungs. It's just a good feeling. Taking that big, deep breath releases some calming hormones in your body. I mean, I tell people when they need to relax, take a big, deep breath. Now, preferably not a big, deep breath on a cigarette. (laughs) But I think you're doing, in my opinion, you're doing the right thing. I think if you have a choice between vaping and smoking uh, cigarettes, I would definitely vape. Um, Now, not everybody gets lung disease from smoking. And I'm going to say this with a caveat that you don't really know. We don't have the genetic information back yet. My mother smoked 70 pack years. That's, uh, no, 140 pack years. She smoked two packs of unfiltered cigarettes for 70 years and died at the age of 92. Only 15% of people who get lung, who smoke get lung cancer. So there's clearly a genetic component. And it's my opinion that you probably have good genetics, especially if you smoked a long time and your lungs are now good. Um, the vape... Uh, I would recommend that you not buy vape from Uncle Jimmy, okay? I wouldn't right. I wouldn't do the, you know, I got me a cheap vape, and I just stick this, you know, no. juice in there. I would spend your money on a good vape, on, a, right. on one that's made by a reputable company. So, Juul, J-U-U-L. Now, the flavoring, I, some people say that the flavoring may hurt your lungs as a chemical. I don't know. Um, but it's my opinion that you're doing the right thing. And that I one more quick question. Yeah, sure. Um, um, I've heard around the I don't know if the United States that, and I, I don't even know if it's real news that some people got what they call popcorn lungs from yeah. e-cigarettes. Yeah. Can you expand on that? Yeah, absolutely. And so there was a big, big spiel about. Uh, vaping. Remember about a year ago? And it came out that everybody's got to stop vaping. We got to ban vaping. As it turned out, this popcorn lung is something that I saw in medical school three, 30 years ago, and it's called lipoid pneumonia. And there were people, I don't know if you remember this, if you're that old, who were guzzling mineral oil because apparently at one point in time, mineral oil was thought to be really good for you. And so they were inhaling the mineral oil and getting lipid or fat in their lung. As it turned out, the home brew, especially the marijuana vaping home brew, uh, had lipids in it because they had to dissolve the marijuana somehow, and it dissolves in fat. And that's what caused it. Okay, so it wasn't uh, the Juul, J-U-U-L, vaping that was associated with this popcorn lung. So you're absolutely right. Um, and and yet notice how the powers that be who were against vaping yeah. when it turned out that it was the homebrew vapes, especially the marriage yeah. homebrew vape. They stopped talking about it. They didn't say, whoops, we were wrong. And so yep. I think that the studies need to be done, vaping versus cigarettes and the number of uh, complications. But it's my opinion. I'm not giving you medical advice, but it is my opinion that you're probably 
doing the right thing. And read between the well, lines of what I'm saying. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Sir. Hey, God bless. Day. I love it. Thanks for All coming. All right. Thank you, Thanks. Tom. Coming up on Heart Health Radio, there is a new heart failure drug. Flu rates this year are actually low. I haven't I, seen a case. I think I know why. Uh-oh. I think I totally know why. All right. We're going to let and doc- hear it. We're going to let Dr. Dave tell us. Dr. Dave is going to tell you why the flu rates are low. Hypnosis. I still feel compelled to talk about hypnosis. No, there's a great article about hypnosis. I want to talk to you about it. And that is coming up on Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up. People good do people do good things all the time, and we shout them out here. Who are we shouting out today? Well, Ford Motor Company. I went to college with Bill Ford. I knew him as Bill. Yeah, and he nev- he walked around like a preppy, but I never knew him as William Clay Ford the third. His mama owned Firestone, and his grandmother owned Firestone. <laughs> and you know, I think that what we're seeing now is that the goodness is coming out in people and. Do you know how much a 30-second commercial costs on, say, the Super Bowl? Too much. Yeah, millions Far too and much. millions of dollars. They should buy so, radio instead. Right. right. And so instead of, you know, promoting their Ford F-150 pickup, uh-huh. half of their money for advertising is going into trying to show people that we have to do what we have to do for yeah. preventing COVID. So I want to shout out Ford, Bill Ford. Um, he, I can't say he's my friend. I mean, I knew who he was. We talked occasionally. Sure. But he's a great guy. All right. And great company. Coates Plumbing Solutions. Now, let me just, why am I promoting and shouting out a plumber? Um, I, my practice is owned by me, moi. Yeah. And I'm the last cardiologist. I think there's only one other in the Triangle area. All the other 100 cardiologists are owned by corporations. They all bailed out when Obama cut our reimbursements 40% in 2010. And I stuck with it because you probably tell I'm not really good working for somebody. <laughs> but when you, when you own your own business or practice, you're responsible for everything. And so I tried to take a turkey bone last week and I ignored <laughs> You know, Christmas. I love cooking turkey. I, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And I jammed it into my garbage disposal. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> Froze it up. Smoke was coming out. So I asked uh, some people who was a good plumber in Johnston County, where I work. So James Coates called me. Well, I called him. His wife runs the <laughs> store. He does the work, just like me. Yeah. Although my wife, I don't have a wife. Um, and he, he said, I'll come at 9 o'clock. On Saturday, I said, Saturday morning? He says, yeah, I figure you're a doctor. You can't have me come during the week. He showed up 9 a.m. Yeah. He walked in the door, analyzed the situation, had the thing fixed, even brought his own uh, garbage disposal. Yeah. I mean, I, he said, do you have one? I said, no. He says, good. I got one in the truck. And he had it all done in <laughs> half an hour, and the thing's working great. And good. He charged me 220 bucks. Now, that's not to say that he'll charge you if you get him. Oh, no. He'll probably charge you more. But yeah. let me just tell you, if you're in Johnson County or in Raleigh <laughs> or somewhere around there and you need a plumber, 
Yeah, I don't promote my own practice. No, no, no. We the don't. reason why I'm talking about this is it support independent family-owned businesses. Yeah. Family-owned practices. Yes. And so call Coates Plumbing, 984-365-7259. You can reach them at CPS Office. That's Coates Plumbing Solutions Office 18 at gmail.com. Carl in Durham, welcome to Heart Health Radio. Carl, do you, have you had uh, somebody come by who's done a, a good job as a plumber or electrician in your house? Well, uh, certainly I have. I'm a general contractor. So. Oh, great. oh, you are. Good for you, Carl. Well, I, I'll promote you, okay? Carl, what's okay. going on with you? So I, I've got a question about sure. the order of vaccine as it relates to elderly people. Sure. I am. I'm, I'm 73. You sound great. And, you know, they, they have that the next phase is 75 and forward. Uh-huh. And so my question is about someone like me who's 73, who has comorbidity as in high blood pressure, that's managed, uh-huh. and obesity. I mean, I'm not extremely obese, but I'm obese. Okay. And I smoked for years. Uh-huh. So you, yeah. are they going to give the opportunity to people who are younger than 75 who do have several comorbidities to get that vaccine sooner or yes either of you know the the staging or how they're going to handle that you're going to be just after the 75 year olds and it'll be as rose hodman just told us it'll be those 65 and older with comorbidities who get it in stage two which is uh coming up so as soon as okay. they do the 75-year-olds, uh, they're talking about doing uh, Doc in the Boxes uh, also in that group. Um, I'm going to give mine away to someone like you um, because you're at higher risk uh, of dying than I am. Um, but you're going to be next in line. So they're doing the medical workers now. They're going to do the 75s. And then yep. they're going to do you. Now, here's okay. – uh, it might come quicker because I'm hoping that they're going to approve the third vaccine, which is the AstraZeneca. The first two are RNA vaccines. They're artificial chemicals that get into your bloodstream, hijack your system uh, in a good way, and make the viral protein to make your body immune. The AstraZeneca is a virus. It's live, but it doesn't infect humans. Uh, it's called an adenovirus, and it has the machinery to produce the spike protein. So I think the FDA is going to have a problem approving it because there was some questions in the first two doses, the first doses. But uh-huh. I think it's approved in the United Kingdom, uh, maybe because AstraZeneca is a United Kingdom company. Um, but I hope we get it approved. That way you'll get yours quicker. And if you have a choice between the two types of virus uh, vaccines go ahead if you can quickly get the astrazeneca get that right away okay well listen i i listen to your shows show every every week when i go to the dog house and get hot dogs for lunch and i enjoy it and i actually uh i've been a general contractor yeah tell us about your your company what what's the name it's white building inc and but most of my clients over the years have been physicians, and they have become friends. Well, great. And several of them know you. You want to shout out one? I'm not going. I'm not going to mention. Oh, uh, you can because it's positive. <laughs> we allow positive names. If you want to complain about somebody, we don't allow that. But you can no. shout out yourself. What's your phone number if they want to call you? Oh, well, 
that's fine. Well, I'm so busy right now. Oh, so you, in other words, you don't want to get out your phone number because you don't need nobody else I calling you. I right. I don't. I don't need. I got. I've got plenty lined up. Good. Trying to work around the COVID stuff, and we're having supply problems with the. It's a family-owned business, right? And cabinets and all of that stuff, and so I'm still working, and I still enjoy it. You sound great. We've had we've had several subs that have had the problem, but uh, uh-huh. but my buddy friends who are doctors know you, and and one of them's a dean at Duke. The dean of oh yeah, I think that'll hint you into who he is. I know. And and then my GP knows you, and uh, another friend across the street who I've done work for. Uh, I think I think he was head of gastroenterology for a period. Sure. Now he stepped up most of his stuff at the VA, but they all speak highly of you. So yeah. I enjoy your show and enjoy listening to both of you every Saturday. Well, thank you. Thank you, Carl. God bless and happy thanks, New Year. Thanks for answering the question, y'all. Take sure. Care. All right, take care. Well, I'll tell you what. We got to get to hypnosis. Hypnosis. Yeah. Helped a woman lose a lot of weight it, in a weird an amazing way. story, okay? It's a woman who was depressed. She couldn't lose weight. She was considering getting gastric bypass. And somebody told her about hypnosis to lose weight. And so the hypnotist had a brilliant idea. She hypnotized this lady and convinced her that she'd had gastric bypass. <laughs> You know, you are getting sleepy, you've had the gastric bypass. And they went through these sessions, and the woman believed it, that she'd had gastric bypass. Yeah. And so I think it was maybe, I don't know how this worked, the power of positive thinking, but she lost, what did they say, 40 stone or 2 stone? It was was like 56 pounds. Yeah. yeah. And and she's happy. Now, what they did was (laughs) tell her at the, you know, after she lost all this weight that she she never really had the gastric bypass. I don't, did they put little fake tattoos no on her to see, to have her prove, you know, they do this with um, laparoscopic surgery. So you have little dots, you know, not big scars, but yeah. little dots where they went in with the laparoscope. I don't know. But um, I know that, that there is a high success rate of quitting smoking with hypnosis. Right. So don't think that hypnosis is mumbo jumbo. There's a great science behind it. Uh, I've never been hypnotized. Um, you know, I, I kept thinking because I like this show, maybe I'll get somebody to hypnotize me on the show and see if I'm better. And this is Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor. The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. And you can hear this radio show at WPTF.com anytime, day or night. You can uh, also sign up to get the longer version of the show right. on Apple Podcasts. Yep. Uh, or you just sit right here. Just stay right here and you, you hear the whole show. Yep. Live and in person. He is Dr. Franklin Weefald. I am Dave Alexander. He is the medical expert. He went to several schools to become an expert on medicine.
I went to a college for four years to become a disc jockey. And you know what? (laughs) We both serve a purpose. Right. Education about health is as important as anything. That's mainly what I do in my practice. And, and now I, you're Dr. Dave. Although I'm, I'm not going to get in trouble because you can be <laughs> called, if if Joe Biden's wife can be called Dr. Biden, right, right. you can be called Dr. Dave. I've I've read her uh, doctoral thesis. Full of mumbo jumbo um, and grammatical mistakes, and it was 50 pages long and probably written on a matchbook. <laughs> All right. So today on the show, this hour, heart failure drug. It's a new one. A yes. heart failure yeah, drug. it's fantastic. Flu rates are really kind of low this season. I know why. Dr. Weefall thinks he knows why, but he's he's only a doctor. Uh-huh. So we're not even going to take I that I want to know what you think. Um, we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about one category. You know, they've talked about age and high blood pressure, et cetera. No one thought of this, and now it's proven statistically that if an individual has Down syndrome, then that person is more likely, what, to get COVID or to really have a tough time? To get COVID and to really have a tough time. Okay. We're going to go to Johnston County with Janet. Janet, thank you for calling in. How are you? I'm fine. Is this You're talking to Janet? Yes. Oh, Janice with an S or with a C. I'm so oh, sorry. Janet with a T. Well, I just said that. Janet. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hi, hi Janet. I wanted to say that... Um, <laughs> In March, I'll be 80 years old. Wow, you sound great. Good I don't use any medication. Well, I, I use Armour Thyroid, and that's the only thing. But yeah. for the last 40 years, um, I am an herb and vitamin lady. Uh, and I was wondering whether I should consider this, this vaccine because I tell, I tell my primary that... I don't put poison in my body, such as the flu vaccine. Never. I understand. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I disagree with you. I respect your opinion. Um, I think you sound like a good lady, and I think that everybody has a right to do what they want to do with their body. Um, I would recommend strongly that you get the vaccine for COVID. I would also recommend strongly that you get the vaccine for influenza. Now, if you choose not to get either one, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not going to think you're a bad person. But I don't know. Do you have any friends or people that you know who've gotten COVID? No. And that's probably one of the reasons why you're hesitant. Um, I've had a bunch of patients die. Uh, some of my favorite people. I just had uh, found out that uh, um, Martin Mendoza, who I took care of for 17 years, is a great person, had heart disease. Uh, it was under good control. The only thing that wasn't under great control was his diabetes. And I had permission from his family to talk about him. And he got COVID and died quickly. And so uh, the vaccine is going to help you. Is it poison? I don't think so. Is it a foreign material? Yes. But I want you to understand every breath you take right now, you are breathing in uh, millions of viruses. You're breathing in millions of bacteria. You're breathing in pollution. Uh, Even in your house, there's plastic floating around in your air. If you've ever had a filter, I have these uh, HEPA filters that circulate the air. 
yeah. that I breathe, and it, it helps because I have bad allergies and allergic to dogs, and I got two. Look at those filters. Because if you don't have a filter, well, even if you do, that's what's going in your body all the time. So if you imagine that you're, you don't want to take poisons in your body, then you're doing it every second that you breathe. Well, I don't run my heater. Yeah, that's not the point, though. Uh, a car drives by you. Um, it produces particulates, little yeah. tiny things, and they waft into your house because they're airborne. Uh, you walk down the street... Um, the people who have sprayed um, their yards, that is airborne. So you're, you're going to inhale that. Do you, you know what's – if I took a biopsy of your, uh, your muscle, you know what I'm going to find? Little pieces of plastic because they've gotten in your body and they never go away. So uh. you, you, you made it to 80 with all these pollutants and all these foreign materials in your body. You sound really healthy. You sound young. I'm in excellent health. Right, despite all the poisons that have gotten in your body through modern living. So my recommendation is you strongly consider, and here's another reason why, that if you get the vaccine and Uh you become immune, you're much less likely to spread it to someone you love in the future. So, uh, like, again, I, I respect your opinion. I think that everybody is allowed to have it, but my job is to give the explanation of how I feel. So I hope you listen uh, to what I just said and maybe uh, take it to heart. Uh, And I pray for uh, you and I pray for everybody that we all can make the decisions that are right for ourselves. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. (laughs) John Kennedy. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome and thank you for that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, you know, and I'm going to say she sounds like a great lady. I know a lot of... Really great people who have come to the conclusion that, you know, the virus is dangerous. I'm assuming the vaccine is dangerous. Right. And I wish that they would listen and come to a conclusion based on the kinds of things that I just said. If you think that your body is going to be poisoned by the vaccine, your body's already poisoned. I mean, if you look at it that way. Yeah. And, you know, our bodies are really strong for the most part. Are any of the vaccines the actual virus. No. Okay, so let's go over it again. The Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines are little globules of fat, the kinds of fats that you have in your body already. Buried inside the fat is a piece of nucleic acid or genetic material, which you ingest constantly. You slap that mosquito, Yeah. RNA, DNA, foreign material is going through your skin into your body. All the time. Constantly. The viruses are attacking your body, putting their DNA and Mm -hmm. and RNA in there. Mm -hmm. So the fat gets into your cell. Your cell machinery recognizes that RNA. It produces the spike protein, which your body recognizes as foreign and creates a vaccine. Right. The one that I hope they approve quickly and has been approved in England or the UK is the AstraZeneca vaccine. That is a Adenovirus, okay? This is a virus that infects, I don't know, some other uh, um, animal. And inside that virus, they put in the genetic material for the spike protein. So it gets in that way. Instead of a fat globule, it's an adenovirus. And so these, they're not contaminated with poisons. They're not 
uh, contaminated with plastics. They're just biological material. And so you eat DNA. Every time you have a steak, you're eating DNA. Uh, right now, yeah. Dave, there are viruses falling onto your skin, injecting their DNA into your bodies. This is not an unnatural phenomenon. Yeah. And if you realize you have more bacteria in your gut than you have human cells. And you, each one of those bacteria probably has a thousand to a million viruses. So there's billions of viruses in your body right now. I'm not being affected by them because? Your immune system. Okay. Now, remember HIV. What is it? A yeah. human immunodeficiency virus. It turns off your immune system. What happens? Within 24 hours, without it being treated, you could die. And I've seen it from horrible bacteria that suddenly are not being held in check by your immune system and right. they take over and they kill you. It's not a bacteria you get that kills you. It's one that you have in your body already okay. that is being held in check by your immune system. It's a constant battle. It's a war going on inside your body between the bacteria and the viruses that are there. And so that's why having a strong and healthy immune system is imperative to living. And when I drop food on the floor. Five second rule. Five second rule. <laughs> I pick it up. And if I just make the decision, now often I don't. You know, if it's a chicken wing, I'm, I'm you know. You know what I do? <sighs> I eat it. And you know why? Why? Play in the dirt. Well, You're going to always... get your, a stronger immune system. Okay. Now, if you have anthrax. Or if your dog has, you sure. know, uh, Giardia, that's right. one thing. Right. But I clean my house pretty regularly. And if <laughs> I drop one of my medicines on the floor, I count to five. Sure. But it's not really the five-second rule. It's it not. gets on there right away, you know. But the point is, that's what my immune system is for. Right. Moments like that. Play in the dirt. Even, I, we talk about kids playing in the dirt. Yeah. You and I should go play in the dirt. Uh, instead of the second hour of the show? Well, that's the dirt. All right. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're we're going to continue this hour of I the program. I don't mean dirty. I just, you know. Heart Health Radio is now two hours. If you've tuned in and said, what time is it? What, in 2021. This is not a repeat. We are going to be on two hours every Saturday, which I, I don't know. It, it reflects a lot of different things, including we haven't found anything else to do, you and I, between one and two. Other than could, radio. You know what I'd be doing if what? I weren't doing this show? What? Really? Well, let's not do that. There is a new heart failure drug. Right. Flu rates are low. Heart failure and COVID. It sounds like it would be a deadly combination, but you're going to tell me the numbers. It is a very deadly combination. Yes. And a lot more. Your phone calls at 919-860-9783. Heart Health Radio. Some of those people should be just ashamed of themselves. Now, you know, I there are sh there's shame. Yeah. And then there's shame. Yeah. Okay? So I'm going to, this is a little shame. Um, and I may get in trouble because I'm not going with the flow. But the Virginia National Guard, no, excuse me, the West Virginia National Guard was in charge of giving out COVID <laughs> uh, vaccines. Yes. And they pulled out of the hospital uh, refrigerator. Yeah. The Regeneron antibody treatment. Yeah. Thinking it was the vaccine. It's and they not. gave 42 people the antibodies. Now, what have I said in the past? I think that this is actually 
probably a good idea to give him the antibodies. It's an instantaneous immunity. Um, there's one danger I've told you before. There's this, the antibody immunity. There's also cellular immunity. The T cells get jazzed up when you get the vaccines. Right. But they haven't done the study yet. And so one part of, of whether this will prevent people from getting COVID, it's pretty easy to do. You know, 10,000 people, you give saline, 10,000 people, you give an injection in the arm of the Regeneron monoclonal antibody and yes. see if they get it. That's yeah. how they did the vaccine. But, you know, the, the bottom line is that they're in a whole lot of trouble. And I, I'm not quite sure that they should be um, because... No, they should be. Oh, really? They should be. Okay. The head of quality control at Heart Health Radio is a fellow by the name of Abby Allwright. Okay? <laughs> and he used to work for a construction company. And if you put up a fence and it's crooked, but he says, Abby eh, Allwright. Abby Allwright. Then it's okay. This is not all right. All right. They gave 42 people the wrong shot. Yeah, I know. But okay, so that's wrong. That's shameful. But. It leads me to believe, to, to tell you, they should do the study. He says, and but. I think it's going to protect them. He says, but. But. Okay. They gave him the wrong medicine. They did. Okay. It shouldn't have happened. However. I'm saying that this brings up the idea that they should do the study. Don't. If you're in charge of giving the vaccine out there, don't do what they did. Anne in Raleigh, welcome to Heart Health Radio. How you doing, Anne? I'm good. How are yourself? Good. good. What's up? Um, well, first of all, I want to say I enjoy your show. Um, thank you for all the information you give. But um, I'm kind of in a dilemma, so I um, thought I'd just hit you guys with it and see what happens. Okay. Yes, Ann. What, what's your dilemma? Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What is your dilemma? Okay. Well, I'm 53 years old, uh, diagnosed about three years ago with an autoimmune disease, um, and in the past, since about April, I've had it some different issues um, in reference to my heart, actually. Right. Um, it has been um, a rapid heartbeat, uh, shortness of breath, um, and issues like that. Um, so I saw a cardiologist. Sure. He did an angiogram. Wow. Um, found nothing wrong. Sent me to a pulmonologist who did a pulmonary function test. Um, found nothing wrong. Um. My heart rate stays about 120. Okay. Resting. And um, it's starting in about September, I've started losing a massive amount of weight um, without trying. So oh. everybody tells me I'm fine. You're not fine. Okay. I can tell you, you, you are fine, not. But at least said it. You're not fine. Okay, let me, let me just say. Um, did they use the word atrial fibrillation or sinus tachycardia? Did they use those two words or those two terms? Uh, no. Okay. But, but he did the major test. He did both left and right side um, uh, angiogram. Yeah. To Tried to find out if he had. Yeah. Did they never mention pulmonary hypertension? They didn't use that word, no, that phrase. Yes. You do have pulmonary. And they say that that's fine. Oh, no, okay, good. Okay. So let me just tell you, you're not, you're not well. Um, a heart rate of 120 beats a minute, uh, shortness of breath, losing weight. That's not normal. And it could be I several know. things. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did you want to say something? No, no. I'm okay. interested in what you have to say. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I want to get all the information. If there's something else, just feel free to chime in. Um, you could have what's called atrial 
tachycardia. Now, sinus tachycardia is a term where your heart is beating fast, but it's beating in a quote-unquote regular fashion. That is to say it's using the normal electrical channels. What you could have is an extra heartbeat coming from some other place in the top part of your heart that doesn't make the heart beat normally. And so this is missed a lot. Um, and I'm not criticizing your doctors. I'm not saying anything. sometimes it's hard to see. But when that happens, the heart doesn't beat in a normal fashion. And so I'm going to tell you this. Um, did they put a monitor on you for like a week to see exactly what's going on with the rapid heartbeat? Have they done that yet? Uh, no. Okay. No. And, and I really prefer, I wanted them to do a stress test because yeah. it's on slight exertion. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, I can't even take a shower yeah. without and, having to sit down. And this is something that I was about to say. We need to do some functional studies. Now, if you were my patient, and you're not, mm-hmm. I'm going to just say an imaginary patient like yours, I would put a monitor on you, and then I'd also mm-hmm. put you on the treadmill. I'd like to see what happens to the electricity when you walk fast. But I'm going to say you need those two things, but you also need an electrician, okay? And I don't mean the guy who works on your, your wiring in your house. You need an electrophysiologist. And the reason why is you could have this uh, very unusual electrical phenomenon, uh, atrial tachycardia, and they can fix it either with medicines uh, or with something called an ablation. Now, again, I am hypothesizing. I don't know you. But if I had a patient like you, I would send them to an electrophysiologist, and he or she would do the treadmill test, would put the monitor on, would review all the data that came from your heart catheterizations, and come up with a solution. Now, I'm, I'm... also concerned about your losing weight, that can mm-hmm. be something we call cardiac cachexia, where the blood flow is not going well, and you don't feel like eating because it doesn't satisfy you or it hurts to eat. Uh, it could be related to your autoimmune disease. I don't know what they have. They given you a name for it: rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. Uh, no, it's actually air autoimmune rhinopathy. Yeah. Okay. Affecting my vision. I understand. So your heart rate of 120 is bad. It is abnormal. You are sick in the sense of you're not doing what you should be able to do and you feel bad. And you need to have it fixed. Um, And those are the things that I would recommend that you seek out. And I don't know. Where do you you live in Raleigh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell you what I'm going to do. If you could give your phone number, hang on when you mm-hmm. leave. I'm going to call you and give you the names of four or five electricians, electrophysiologists okay. to call, because I think okay. you really need to get this straightened out. Okay. I appreciate it so much. I'm just, I just sometimes feel like I'm losing my mind because no. everybody keeps saying everything's fine. No, no. Um, You're not okay. losing your mind. You're losing your heart rate. <laughs> it's getting too fast. <laughs> And, and listen, it's one not of the normal. themes, one of the themes on this show is people have to, they have to advocate for themselves. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. I'll advocate for you. If you're told you're fine and Dr. Weefold's indicating strongly, yeah, you're not. Uh, no, you're not fine. I mean, I'm not diagnosing you. I'm offering you the different yeah. things that it can be. What, this is one of my specialities, as they say in England, or specialties in the United States, is that I take people 
who were told nothing could be done or that they were fine, and I figure out what's wrong with them. You know, I had a guy who was told for seven years there's nothing that they could do, and, and a week after he saw me, I had him bypassed and had his atrial fibrillation fixed, and he went off of disability and went back to work. Now, I'm not bragging, but I'm saying there are doctors who will take you seriously and review the, the situation and know that a heart rate of 120 beats per minute constantly with shortness of breath with exertion is abnormal and should right. be f- looked at and, if possible, fixed. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. That's what I need. Yeah, give, give the time. number, and as soon as we're done, I'll call you, and I'm going to give you some suggestions about doctors to awesome. look at. Okay? All right. There is one category of individual that we've not talked about, uh, older folks, people with diabetes, et cetera, apparently Down syndrome is a high risk for COVID. Absolutely. We've got coming up on this show, Donna Countryman. Is she in your practice? Yes, and so is her daughter, Heather Pardue. And I want to have them on the show. Uh, We can't have Heather on the show. Uh, She has a form of Downs where it's difficult for her to speak. She can sing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Donna and I talk a lot. We text a lot. And I want to have her talk about um, how she cares for her child. And she's 42 years old, not Donna, uh, Heather. The child. And Right. Yeah. She's her child, her daughter, an adult uh, daughter. And uh, how, what we can do uh, in her situation to keep her healthy and safe. And we've got Warren in the waiting room. Warren, hold on. We're going to get you on as quickly as we can. This is a, this is a show where we'll move things to make you on the radio, get you on the radio. Uh, but occasionally we've got to ask folks to wait a little bit. Donna Countryman is coming up next. We're also going to re-talk about the Fauci effect coming up on Heart Health Radio. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefall? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. I'm Dave Alexander. He is Dr. Franklin Weefall. And Donna Countryman, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Donna, how's, I, or how's Heather doing? She is doing well. Actually, she's listening to you on her Kindle tablet. Oh, great. Okay. Well, let me just give a little introduction. Donna, you had Heather when you were young. Is that right? 19. Yeah. And, you know, usually you associate uh, Down syndrome children with women who have uh, their kids late. So, you know, you're the only one, and I've had a lot of experience with uh, Down syndrome who's had it as a teenager. And so, you know, one of the things that you did uh, was love her as any other child and raise her and and you've kept her by your side and i think that's one of the most wonderful things now we had talked earlier uh between the two of us about whether heather as a downs child would be at higher risk and i didn't think so but you know i was just totally wrong um, you know, Heather's had congenital, and that means born with heart disease. She had surgery at a very young age. She has a pacemaker. Uh, she's a little on the heavy side. That's not, I'm not fat shaming. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, the whole concept is that she carries these risks 
with inflammation. Uh, we've talked about this bugaboo. In fact, if there's any medical you know, uh, theme to our show, it's that inflammation is horrible. Right. And you have heart disease, you have inflammation, you have diabetes, you have inflammation, your immune system is over-communicating. And so Heather has that, those issues, but now they're also saying that Down syndrome in and of itself, without accompanying heart, uh, congenital heart disease, without electrical abnormalities, uh, is also a risk factor. And I know you've been scared. What do you you know, doing uh, to protect your daughter and yourself because, you know, well, you could pass it to her uh, um, un- unwillingly and unwittingly. Right. And she, so tell us what you're doing. Okay. She um, actually has done very well through all this um, since March. We have encouraged, of course, everyone wearing masks. And she um, has, if we, are mar- if we are wearing masks, she will wear the mask. And so she, she has no problem. Yeah, that we had we had you know young children refuse to wear masks because right. they just hate it. Right, and you she know doesn't like it. <laughs> you know, I bet she does. What do you do to keep? What do you do to get her to keep it on? Um, as long as we we just re encourage encourage her. As long as we're wearing it and say you need to keep keep it on. You know she may take it off in the store or something. Oh, sorry, you have to put it on. Everyone else is wearing masks. Yeah. And she's pretty good about, you know, complying. Uh-huh. You know, she's not a behavior issue. Um, she's not going to just throw it down on the ground and stomp and say, no way. Uh-huh. Um, she kind of follows what we're doing. Um, and, we, you know, washing hands, um, keeping distance with people. The hardest thing I think that she's had to deal with is the fact that she can't hug people. And she she's a hugger. Yes, she is. Yeah. And, um, and people love to hug her. Well, I, I hug her every time except this last time I saw her. I know. Yeah, and you know it's really terrible. We get along so well. She, I, does she let anybody else draw her blood besides me? Uh, she, they don't do it as well as you do. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not as happy about it. <laughs> so uh, you take her everywhere, right? I mean, you have to go to the grocery store. Um, well, I I order groceries through uh, Walmart. Oh, great! Are they deliver it, or you pick it up at the? We uh, pick it up at, at the store. Yeah, um, you haven't used DoorDash or anything like that. Um, no, but we have ordered things to come to the house, like, yeah. you know, Domino's okay. and whatever, but, um, you know, to, so that we're not going into restaurants as much. And she, yeah. she has been out with us, you know, um, if we need to go someplace, um, we just kind of limit as much as we can. Um, real, we're just real careful. I don't want to be around a lot of people either, and mm-hmm. I don't want her to be. Um, so that, you know, that's been hard for her because she's used to going. Are, are you? People. Yeah, are you scrubbing your house down? Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, um, <laughs> how about? Do you have friends over? <laughs> um, now, Donna, I don't know what that laughter was for. Is it because, <laughs> of course, Doctor Weefald, we scrub the house down all the exactly. time? Well, or we is had it this conversation earlier about a maid? So yes. Okay. Oh yeah, I, I would. <laughs> She was a she. She gave me a hard time when I texted her. What, what was the what was the the uh, context? I told you Heather I had a mate. Heather was doing her laundry. Oh, that's there, right. There's nothing you know. Women still have to do their work. Yeah. Um, and, well, uh, you know, and I think that you should understand that when I get home at eight o'clock at night, I've got two 180 pound dogs to take care of, and I have to get up at five in the morning. Isn't that an excuse? Isn't that an excuse to have a housekeeper? Without the pejorative maid, although maids are great people. I mean, give me a break. Can I have a maid? Yes, you can. And you, and you want to know too. something? She does such a great job. My <laughs> dogs love her. They follow her around the apartment. 
But anyway, what about friends? You have friends over or no? Um, not often. Yeah. Um, the friends that we have, we know that, you know that they're safe, um, and they usually come in with masks. Um, we did go um, to family for Christmas, um, and I was very hesitant about it, but we kept our distance, and yeah. most of it was outside, and um, I refused to go for Thanksgiving. Um, and I uh, had a friend that I knew was safe to come to my house yeah. for Thanksgiving. It's just, I, I just don't want, and I just spoke with a good friend um, last night, actually, about, and she has a daughter with Downs, and they did have COVID. Yeah. Um, wow. So, How'd she do? Um, she, well, she had a light case of it, oh, but great. it was scary. And they they were very yeah. careful. Um, and, uh, so, and, and, you know, the thing is, is that it can happen. All these uh, things that we're doing to mitigate are not 100%, and they can't be 100%. Right. And now that this UK, United Kingdom uh, mutant is coming to us, and it's going to, it is highly contagious. It apparently does not make for a more severe disease process. It won't make you sicker just by itself, but it is much more easily transmissible. So mm-hmm. keep being careful, sweetheart. We love you. Absolutely. And Don, I mean, Heather, uh, I will make sure she's on the, the next tier of high-risk individuals after the 75 years and older people yeah. get it. Yeah, that's good. We need to get something done. Yep. Thank you, Donna. Love Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Warren from Cary is on Heart Health Radio. Hi, Warren. How you doing? Good. Good. What's up? Good. Well, look, I'm a 79-year-old geezer, so uh, <laughs> I, I rarely uh, listen to stuff in depth. Uh-huh. Right. And so my question probably is a very naive one, which you probably can answer yes, no right away. But the issue is one of, uh, I do know President Trump uh-huh. came down with uh, the COVID virus. Right. Yes. And indeed, he was treated with something. Yeah. And then what I don't know is, was he treated with the same vaccine that uh, is being uh, administered now? And, and the other naive question would be, wouldn't it make sense to be given the people in the hospital who, quote unquote, have COVID? And it would it clear them up any easier? That's in the news, Warren. Yeah, we question. got a story about that just this week. Yeah, yeah. So um, President Trump got it. He was about to get sick. He got COVID and was about to get sick. There are two two things that we are going to talk about. One is the vaccine. There are several. We've talked about this. The vaccine gives you immunity. So it takes two weeks. So you, it's a foreign material. It gets in your body. Your body recognizes that as, as an invader, and it creates immunity. It creates these antibodies, which are little tiny um, proteins that attack and attach to the virus. Now, what President Trump got was immediate immunity. So what does that mean? It's an artificially created antibody. So they got this in a test tube. Smart guys made this artificial antibody called a monoclonal antibody, and they injected it into President Trump, giving him instantaneous immunity. It went around. These monoclonal antibodies attacked the virus and killed it so he could recover, and he recovered quite quickly in 24 hours. They also gave him steroids. Um, which reduce the amount of inflammation in your body. That seems to be what the virus does to kill us. It hijacks our inflammation, and it also destroys lung tissue. So 
giving the vaccine to people who already have COVID is a good idea in one sense, but it's not going to work because it takes two weeks to develop the immunity. But giving the preformed antibodies to people who are sick, and it turns out it's only certain people who are in the beginning of their sickness, like President Trump, he was a prime candidate, it helps them. If somebody's already on a ventilator and really doing badly, the antibodies don't help them, the the virus is out of the barn. But I think those are good questions. And I think the one thing that you brought up is people in the hospital who don't have COVID, who are already in the hospital for some reason, if they have some extra doses of the vaccine, give it to them. Yeah. Good point. Great. Well, hey, thanks for the information. And thanks for, and listen, call any time. I'm a wealth of information. I'm a wellspring. <laughs> you can okay. usually rely on it. But let me tell you something. If I've been wrong in the past, I'm going to admit it. So you can you can count on me. Warren, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, take care. Uh, the flu rates are actually low this season. Yes. Why? Well, Dr. Dave, you said you knew why. So I want to hear Dr. Dave's explanation. Because some people are getting the flu, they've got all those symptoms, and they're they're being written down as COVID-19. Okay. Now, I think that's an idea. But you know <laughs> why I can, you know why I know it's wrong? Why? I got I get COVID tested all the time. Yeah. And over the last three months, you yeah. know what else I test for immediately? Yeah, flu? Yeah. So I get my COVID and all my patient COVID tests back and it says COVID. Influenza A, influenza B, positive, negative, negative, or negative, negative, negative. Yeah. So we know for a fact that the flu is there to be seen. And really? I, listen, it's pretty classic when you have the f- influenza. I'm not going to call it the flu because the flu for people now is you puke in, a little diarrhea. You no, know. no, no. Influenza, if you've had it, can be mild. But you have high fevers, muscle aches, you are coughing this dry, hacking, non-productive cough. That's a serious case of flu. And 60,000 people in the United States two years ago died of influenza. It can do the same thing as COVID, it overactivates your immune system. Um, there's the, the, the powers that be, uh, I always use that term, but those, the guys who claim to be smarter than me. <laughs> Uh, who run the show, uh, have two reasons. Number one, we had a higher incidence of the flu vaccine being given this year. It really worked out. And number two, while the mitigation techniques of hand washing and mask wearing and six feet social distancing may not have stopped COVID, but it looks like it may stop the flu or influenza, excuse me. So they're going to do more studies on that. Of course, you know, that's what we always say when we don't know. We're going to study it some more. But, I, you know, it's I'm glad because everybody was really worried about people getting both at the same time. Yeah. Imagine getting COVID and influenza at the nope. same time. Nope. I mean, that'd be just horrible. Too yeah. horrible to contemplate. Okay. Yeah. Coming up, we've got uh, information about a heart failure drug. Excuse me. Uh-oh. <clears throat> you don't have COVID. Okay. Thank you. Heart, I just have a little congestion. Heart failure drug and uh, and more. We're going to talk about heart failure plus COVID and why they are just so deadly together. That's coming up. Also, your phone calls, should you decide to dial 919-860-9783, Heart Health Radio. 
Good things going on in the world, and we hear about it on the shout-out segment. Dr. Weefold, who we shouting out? Pamela Norris, a patient of mine. Pam is a great lady. Her husband is also a patient of mine. And Pam has, we're, we're doing a, a skin transplant on her, uh, state-of-the-art. We've talked about it before, but I'm going to talk about it in the future. Anyway, she got sick, got a UTI, urinary tract infection, went into a hospital. I'm not going to name the name. And was told immediately she had COVID. Well, you know, in a couple hours, they did a rapid COVID test. Yeah. And they put her on the COVID ward, and they didn't do the other tests, the PCR test. Right. She went home, called me, said, I have COVID. So I couldn't have her come to the office. But I thought to myself, hmm, they, didn't, they sent her home in two or three days without any COVID instructions. Now, what does that mean? So I had her come in. I did a PCR test. And guess what? Negatory good buddy, as they used to say on the CB radios. Her COVID test was negative. Negative. So let me tell you, if you, and I, I don't know this for sure. Yeah. I'm probably wrong, but hospitals get more money when they're COVID positive. Yeah. So if you've had a trip to the emergency room and you walk out of there with uh, being told you are COVID positive, I strongly recommend you get another test. A repeat test. Right. Um, now, you know what's interesting? Did you know about CVS? What? It's free. And it's a PCR oh, test. Yeah. And they give you a number, and you go online, and you can find your test out in two days without having to call anybody. It's awesome. Okay. I recommend it highly. And apparently, it, you have to wait that long in terms of the line. If we have time, <laughs> we'll squeeze in a story from my life about when I had to get a COVID test and then return to work, and it was a negative test. We came this close to having a week off, right? This close to a week off with no COVID. <coughs> Pearson Raleigh, thank you and welcome to Heart Health Radio. How you doing? Pierce. You there? Oh, gotcha. Hey. Uh, good afternoon, Doc. Thanks for taking these questions. Here's a, just a different perspective on the question regarding COVID. Yes. How about, what if we focus instead of on the people who had the sensitivities as far as giving those vaccines, sensitivities physically, all that kind of stuff. What if you focus just on the people that seem to be spreading it? And let's just say all right. the people spreading it are between the age of, let's say, 20 to 45 years old. It will never politically work. But hold on, Pierce. I'm going to retranslate for the doctor who's having a hard time hearing you and understanding you. What if we decided not to give the vaccine to people who were going to have a bad COVID reaction, older people, et cetera, et cetera, Uh but instead we gave it to people who are in their 20s who are spreading it left and right? Yeah, and that is actually a great question because uh, Rose Hoban earlier in the show brought it up, and and some smart people have brought it up, Um, and... I'm not smart enough to know the the statistical wrangling, you know, how they, they come up with these solutions because they look at all these past data and then run it through a statistics computer. Yeah. It makes sense in a certain way um, because, you know, I, I talked during the beginning of this show, this uh, first hour, about the people on my staff who, you know, are young and they went to a big party. And they're the ones who are going to get it and be asymptomatic and spread it. 
So there is a, a definite uh, concept that makes really good sense yeah. is that, you know, give them the ones who are the potential to spread it first. And like I said, it's, it's beyond my uh, pay grade to make those decisions. But I certainly think that, you know, people like Fauci and his cohort should, you know, do the data, do, crunch through all the data and see if doing that in a, some sort of model of COVID spread would yeah. be better than the other way. But here's the real solution to this is approve all the vaccines. So we have 600 million doses yeah. and we can vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate everybody. <laughs> Sounds like a three-year-old kid would say, hey, dad, can I vaccinate? <laughs> But anyway, does that, does that make sense to you, too? Yeah, yes, and I think this is a great show, and I, I listen to you guys all the time. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care, Pierce. Oh, you're going to love this. Shorty's on the line. Hey, Shorty. Shorty. Hey there. Are you negative yet? No. Lord have mercy. Sure. Well, you know, this sounds like a, a pregnancy test. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, you can't be you can't be maybe pregnant or maybe have COVID. Shorty, tell us when you got sick. You weren't. I mean, you had flu-like symptoms. I hate to say it. You were what? Just a little bit sick. And I had the sinus in my sinus. Yeah, and so she tested positive. Right. And how long has it been now, Shorty? Three weeks. You're still positive. Three weeks. Now the CDC says that you two weeks after. Even 10 days after, you don't yeah. need a second test. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I'm being really careful in my office. And Good. Some people are really angry with me because I'm not letting them in until they have a negative test. Now, Shorty, have you been rinsing your nose out with the saline? Uh, not recently. I, I want you to do that every day. Apparently, okay. that helps uh, get rid of uh, the chunks of dead virus that... Um, or, you know, virus that's hibernating. They're not, they're not actively infected. And mm-hmm. do that, and then let's get another test on you because I want to see you again. I want to give you a big hug, and I'm not allowed. I'll see you Monday because we got another test Monday. You're going to have another test Monday. She says, I'll see you Monday. Yeah, and you'll, I'll come out in my gown and my N95 mask. Yeah. And I'll roll your window I'll, down. And do I'll I need s- to use that Flonase still? Yeah, Flonase, and get, um, yeah. you could get a spray can of it. It's just go to your pharmacist. Actually, you're not supposed to, but you can. Okay. Because the CDC guidelines she meets. Okay, the only guideline she doesn't meet is mine. Right. And, and I made up these rules for my own practice. And I heard it I, run away. Yeah, I had a bunch of people <laughs> mad at me because, well, there are only two people, you and two other people. Continue to be positive. Everybody else tested negative at the appropriate at the expected time. But go get that saline. Uh, okay, I and will. Rinse yourself out. Shorty, Three, take care. Today. Take you. care. Love you. Bye bye. I Bye-bye. like I like our regulars. She's all right. She's a shorty's regular. all right. Yeah. Uh, the new heart failure drug is what? Yes. Now, heart failure is something that I thought was going to go away, and it's not. In fact, it's getting worse. Heart failure is when your muscle doesn't function right. Right. And so you get two types. Well, actually, there's three. I'll talk about the two major ones. The major one is when your heart's been scarred by a heart attack, and it can't pump very strong. So it's big and floppy. Well, a, a, a drug came out two years ago, Entresto. The way it works is it makes the heart have to pump less hard 
It makes your aorta and all your arteries that receive the blood from the left heart makes them more pliable so the blood can flow easier. They've always tried medications that make the heart pump stronger. Right. You know, the heart muscle, it gives it a jazz. And guess what? Hmm. Not only did it not help, it killed people. Okay? Really? So now, finally, uh, UCSF, University of California, San Francisco, uh, they have, and I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I usually pronounce things well, but I'm going to call this as best I can, omamecative mercarbo. Now, it'll have a... Is that a, a doctor's name or I a medicine? That's the name of the medicine. Okay. And they're going to have some sort of brand name. But anyway, it, it helps the heart pump stronger. It binds to the, the muscle yeah. uh, inside chemically. Right. And it causes those, those muscles to pump harder. So it's the first one in its class... That actually works. And so those of you out there who have heart failure, um, you know, the, when you get really bad, they try to do a transplant. Now they also try to do a uh, what's called a left ventricular assist device that helps the blood flow. They try to do uh, all sorts of things. But this medicine is hope. And I just want you to know out there what's great about our country is that we always come up with something new. Thank you for listening to Heart Health Radio. We'll see you next week. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.